Welcome, everybody, to episode seven of the Hound's Tales podcast. Tonight, as usual, we're here with Dylan Watson and Daniel Evans and me, myself, James Hudson. Uh, we just got back from a fun little weekend down there at Pools Fox Pen. Uh, didn't have any luck, unfortunately. So, But the running was really good uh, for most of the hunt, and I uh, got to see some good crossings and good chases going on. I, I know we enjoyed ourselves. My my cousin Stacy Hudson and uh, a good friend of ours, Dennis Scott, was down there. He was on the episode last week, and we got to go down there with all them and and enjoy the camaraderie with everybody. So it was a good little weekend. Uh, I know the couple times we've been trying to get Dana, your wife, down there to to hear some really good running. She finally got to hear some some of that uh, infamous. Pools fox running like it like it's supposed to be. Yeah, the thing was definitely exciting. Yeah, I'm I'm glad we were able to get down. Uh yeah, we were able to get down there and hang out with old school kennels and 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 chill and hang out with them a little bit and shoot the bulls, so that was kind of fun. Uh we got some pleasure running in these past couple days we've uh we've had we've had a little extra time off here recently and uh we were able to <laughs> we were able to get some outside pleasure running in today and uh i know today between the day and sunday and saturday my dogs are are pretty well wore out so i know Dad, dylan you were with them more than i was today i had to take a little break and get some stuff done but yeah yeah, I, yeah. Didn't, uh, I didn't run them on sunday but random today they can use another day <laughs> gotta get them in shape we got that uh three day coming up here in a couple weeks trying to get ready for oh yeah well to get into the show <clears throat> uh buddy of mine kyle maskell sent me a message and uh about the about the show and he told us we he really enjoyed listening to it so we appreciate your feedback buddy and uh he made a good suggestion for a topic, and I think we're going to roll with it today. And that was, uh, and that's the deer deer dog hunting. You know, we spend a lot of time talking about uh, the fox pens and the fox pen world, but today I think we're going to go back and kind of get back to everybody's roots, and, and that seems to be—I'm not going to say for everybody, but the the deer dog world, uh, the the deer woods, and and kind of how we got started and uh, the emphasis kind of put the emphasis on how deer dog hunting works compared to still compared to steel hunting. Uh, we may have some listeners out there that are listening and um, kind of want to know what the difference is or may have an opinion on deer dog hunting, but today we'll kind of give our view on, on what the deer dog hunting is. Um, you know, me personally, I've been doing it my whole life. Uh, I got to follow my dad and my papa around and, and learn from them and watch them do these things. And it was, I know I've said it before in this show, but it's a, it's almost like a tradition or a, a heritage to keep going with that sport, with the, with the deer dogs and with the deer hunting that way. Uh, my papa was one that could sit still and even in the, in the deer dog woods and he can turkey hunt and stuff like that. But me, I am impatient. 
<laughs> I cannot sit still. And it, it drives me nuts to sit still. And I think that's one of the biggest reasons that I enjoy it so much is it's it's a fast-paced environment. It's something to listen to. It's something to do. There's not that that sitting still the whole time and being quiet. It's, it's fun getting out there and, and just, you know, be able to have that high-paced environment. What, what do y'all think? I agree. It, uh, I, I'm like yourself. I cannot sit still. It's just, I guess you can call it ADHD, some type of that <laughs> going on, but I just cannot sit still, which, I mean, I've still hunted. I've killed my first deer still hunting. So, I mean, I've done it, and I mean – Certain evenings I can go out and sit for maybe an hour or so, and then that's it. I I just can't do it. I'm not a very – I get cold very easy. I'm not a very big guy, so <laughs> I got to find some I can heat vouch somewhere. For that. But, uh, I can vouch for that for sure. Yeah, it, uh, me growing up doing it, I mean, <laughs> that's what I enjoyed – I started out, like I said, I killed my first deer with uh, steel hunting and uh, moved up here to Virginia and got into the dog thing. And the more and more I, I enjoyed more working with the hounds than I did just walking out in the woods, sitting down and letting one walk out to me. It's, right. it's, it's more of a, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't necessarily say thrill. It's more of like, I don't know how to exactly come out and say it, but with, you've put that time and effort into that hound and that hound is doing what he was bred to do and you, what you taught him to do and he brings it to you instead of just one walking out by itself. It, yeah. it's, it gives you a good feeling that, all right, I've done what I was supposed to. Now it's in his hands, and he's he's doing what he's supposed to with it. So it's almost like a coach watching their their player go out and win a championship. It, exactly. Yes. Yeah. Now, now, Daniel, um, you, you have more of uh, you know you have a lot of the steel hunting background. You you still hunted until pretty much last year, correct? You know what is your what is your thoughts on the on the on the deer dog world. And I mean, obviously you enjoyed, you're here sitting here with us doing this show and you've got dogs of your own now, but that, that leap from the, from the deer dog, I mean, from the, from the steel hunting to the deer dogs, like what made, what brought you to that and, and kind of what drove you into changing uh, per se uh, to the deer dog side. So the way <clears throat> I've always got adrenaline from still hunting. You know, just as y'all get from running dogs, you know, deer comes out while you're sitting. It's just, it was an adrenaline rush. Then I went with (laughs) y'all. And it was just a total different adrenaline rush. And just seeing how you work with the dogs and how, you know, you handle the dogs and take care of them. And it really just changed my whole perspective. I mean, I love still hunting still. I'd never give that up, but definitely, yeah. definitely glad I'm getting into this side of the, of things also. You know, you know, now that I've gotten older, I, I've started to dabble a little more into the still hunting, you know, especially during muzzleloader season. 
And uh, last year I was able to call a few deer in, uh, nothing worth, uh, nothing worth shooting, but it, it, it was that it was a thrill. And it's like you said, it's a completely different excitement, a completely different thrill of, of bringing game in. And I guess yeah. as, as I got older, I can appreciate the still hunting side a little bit more, but you know, and both of y'all kind of said it, and, and that's the main topic of this show is the dogs themselves. Um, and that's, and it, you know, that is the, the primary focus during the season too. We talk about the pens and, uh, keeping them healthy and keeping them, uh, keeping them in shape and, and doing that kind of stuff. And, you know, during the off season for these deer dogs too, which, let me clarify um, on some things here before I, I keep going. There are some people like myself, I have dogs that are, uh, I think they call them grade dogs, as people would, what people would call them. And these dogs are strictly my deer dogs. They don't go in the pens. I tried them in the pens. It, it, it did more... Um, it messed up some of the traits that I really loved about these dogs, putting them in the pens. And I can explain that. That that can be a whole nother topic for later down the road, but I enjoyed the hunt that these dogs had. And these are just some mixed up little bit of coon hound. Like their grandmother was a purebred tree and walker. I mean, she was a registered coon hound and she would run a deer's butt off. But, they're a mix between uh, these coon dogs and foxhounds and, and, and it's made this weird little combination. And, um, and I keep these dogs separate and don't put them in the pens. And then I also have my foxhounds. Now these foxhounds will, will go out and, and run a deer also. Um, you know, that's, that's what they are. That's what that's just in their, their blood. You know, they're trained to go out and get in these pens and uh, and run a fox or a coyote. But a deer is a dog's instinct, too. Uh, so I guess kind of getting back on track with what I was saying is some people like me have, have two different sets. Or uh, like my dad. My dad doesn't touch the fox pens, and his dogs are strictly deer dogs. And then... Um, you have people that have pen dogs like I, like I, like I have pen dogs, but we'll run deer also. And that's just, they're just all around dogs. Um, so as I, as I say this, you know, I have my, my foxhounds that I keep and it's a little easier. I can, I train them in the, in the woods, um, during the off season a little bit and, and, but I have pens that I can really go put that heat on and keep that pressure to me. It's a little harder, especially, um, to keep these deer dogs in shape for the simple fact of you, you have to during the off season, you kind of have to switch a flip on them and you got to keep them in, in shape in different ways. You got to let them just get out, let them explore, let them run and do their own thing. And, uh, you can put them, let them swim and put them in the lake. And, uh, but then you have certain times during the year, especially in Virginia, where we live that, uh, you can't have dogs loose. 
there's there's a leash law that goes into effect. Then you have turkey season. Spring gobbler starts this Saturday, so uh, I, I'll be keeping my dogs my my dogs up and away from the woods as much as possible to not interrupt these steel hunters. Um, same thing during bow season and muzzleloader. I do not turn my dogs loose as much as as little as possible. I do not turn them loose during those seasons out of respect for the hunters. Um, it just seems to me like the, the proper thing to do. Um, so it's a, it's a task, I guess is what I'm saying to keep these dogs healthy and keep them in shape. Um, you know, Dylan, I know me and you last season, we, by the, by the beginning of season, because they had been up for a few weeks and really hadn't got the exercise they needed, you know, this first, what, every week or two, they were a little out, little out of shape more than what you really want by the but by the last half of the season, you could run them dogs almost all day every day, and they wouldn't do nothing but turn and burn. Oh yeah, I mean, from them being cooped up, because I mean, you think you think about it, uh, bow season and muzzleloader season. That's it's what two months before dog season comes in. Yeah, it's about so, a month and a half. I think it's six weeks. Yeah, that that's six weeks. That's a whole lot of whole lot of weight, and and dogs are just cooped up. You can't really do nothing with. So the first few weeks of weekends of hunting season, they're kind of they're sluggish and they're they're not on top of their game. And then right. this year, I mean that that's happened the first part of this year, and right at the end, I took vacation for the last week of hunting season. And I mean, I ran them things every single day for the last week. And I mean, every day I went out there, there was no sort of ground and they was doing what they were supposed to. And there was, there was jamming the last whole week. It, I'm pretty sure I could take every single one of my hounds to a three day and they would have put smoke on the ground. <laughs> like after that week, they were ready. Depending on where it is, Tar River might have put a burn on them. But, uh, yeah, Tar River probably would have hurt them. But pools, I feel like pools, they, they all could have done pretty good there. Yeah, that's they might right. not have that's won right. it, but they would have put some points on the board. Yeah, that's right. Uh, but, yeah, at the at the end of the season, them things are just in incredible shape. It's it's wild. But, you know, with that note, it's it's that there's a lot of effort into keeping them dogs or getting them dogs to in that shape. Um as far as your, your feeding habits change, your watering, well, you know, we always keep water in the bowl, but you got to pay attention to it more. They, they will suck down some water during the season, Oh yeah. you know, and plus it's cold and a dog will naturally eat already to keep themselves, a, put a little more, you know, meat on the bones to keep themselves a little bit warmer while they're outside. So between that and and them running themselves that hard for that long, you're talking, man. You're you're chunking some food away. I know during the summer I go from about fifty pounds a week for my deer dogs to during the winter during the season I'm feeding almost a hundred pounds. They 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 literally almost double their eating during the season. It's it's insane. I don't know about you know I don't know about you, uh, Dylan. I uh, to be honest, I don't even keep up with it. Cause I put all my food in the 55 gallon, uh, like drum with a top on it. <laughs> and keep and it I full. Just, I, I keep that full and I feed them a certain amount each day. 
because I mean, mostly all my dogs I use for for everything. Mostly, other right. than uh, Alpha and Patsy, they're dedicated deer dogs. But that's right. I try to that's keep right. their weight under control, also, because once they get fat and tubby, that 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 weight's kind of hard to get off of them. Right. I keep them at that certain. Try to keep them at that certain weight where they still look good. Right. But yeah, you know, and and it's a it's a lot to to keep them dogs in that in that healthy condition too. You know, uh, I'm not going to go into full on detail, but one of mine had an accident last year, and um, had to get some quick little surgery done. Um, but we, uh, like I said, I won't go into details. Kind of little a uh, little strange of an injury, but. <laughs> But anyway, you know, dogs do get hurt. It happens. Um, and you, you got you to gotta be prepared to, to be able to take care of that dog at the same time. But, you know, right. I kind of wanted to touch on, Daniel, you know, you're, again, back to your, um, and I'm kind of popping you this on this one kind of abruptly here, but back to your still hunting background, did you have any um, presumptions about the dog hunting world and how we did things as far as, you know, I've, I've heard a big, big one. Is it just, you're just sitting in a truck and letting the dogs do all the work. I mean, is that one of the things that you, that's, that's not something I've ever right really thought about. Cause I always knew it was a little, it was more work than that. Right. It was the, most of my issues were just the disrespectful. Right. Hunter. Right. And you, you know, once you deal with that, you actually kind of get it in your head that, all right, this whole sport's kind of not it, but it's not, that's not the case. Right. And you know, that's, it's a good point. That's a good, you know, that's a good, that's a good point is that, you know, Every, I feel like everything has uh, bad seeds. Yeah, and I—that's one of the things that part of this show that I'd love to to see people get a better image of. Um, I'm not going. That, that's about like a, a steel hunter's issue. Uh, like, say you got a neighbor on a different piece of property that you're hunting. Well, his tree stands on his land but it's facing your field and he's right. hunting your field. Right. So, I mean, that that's, that's a bad seed of the still hunting side of things. And dog hunting has got their bad side too. I mean, there's, there's some guys in there that just does not need to, does not need to do it. And, and I mean, simple, simple that, but just no respect. Right. And I think one of my biggest pet peeves is people that dump dogs. Yeah. You know, I cannot oh God, cannot man. stand somebody that dumps dogs. That's not a houndsman. That's not a hunter. That's somebody that's out there with just killing time and 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 ruining the name of the sport. Yeah. And, I, I and really it, it's it's pitiful because I mean, I matter of fact, I have one roam around the house now. I haven't seen it today. But it's a very pretty blanket back uh, hound, and it has almost like a blue tick in it. 
and I've been feeding it a little bit, trying to get work it to where I get my hands on it, but I, I can't get my hands on it. It's no collar, nothing. I mean, he's just roaming the road right here at the house. And I mean, these cars fly up and down here. This might be a back road, but I've seen cars come up through here 60 miles an hour, not even thinking twice. Right. So, I mean, it's, it, it, and, it I, and it's sad. It is. And I mean, if I can get the hand, my hands on the dog, I mean, I might see what it does, if anything. I mean, if not, then I'll, I'll find it a home or, or right. something like that instead of just, hey, dump it out in the middle of nowhere. But, yeah. And, you know, I, I joke about it in a serious manner, but I, I swear if I ever won the lottery, a dream of mine is to, uh, to have a, uh, I guess you could call it a, a pen sanctuary for abandoned dogs. You know, yeah. I'd love to have a huge, huge, huge plot of land that had some game in there for them to run and just they'd be pinned in and fenced in so that they could stay and just have them somewhere to go and live out their lives. You yeah. know, and it and it and it sucks because I wish I could take all the dogs getting dumped now. I wish I could, but I can't. It's not possible. Um, yeah. I mean, I already got 12, so it's, it's hard enough to feed them. But, you know, jokingly, but serious, I'd love to be able to start something like that. I feel like that would be something that could really thrive and, and love to see these hounds be able to survive. Yeah. But, um, anyway, kind of pushing back to, you know, the deer dog hunting world um, again is, you know – it's a lot of work that gets put into it. Like we were talking about, it's, it's not just sitting in a truck, you know, we dog, dog hunters and still hunters and we give each other slack all the time in a joking manner. You know, we're all on the same team. We're all on the same goal. We're all out to complete, uh, not compete, but complete the same task. And that's putting food on the table during deer season. And I feel like, and you know, We'll we'll pull the whole uh, you climb your tree and we'll run our hounds or and, and that kind of stuff. We joke back and forth, but oh yeah, there is a lot of um, people that don't understand what it takes to deer hunt. And one of my favorite things to do, and we talk about it all the time, is listen to the hounds. But it's more than just listening to the hounds. Um, you know, you got your GPSs now, but you can ask them to, you know, these other two and, and talking now, a lot of times I can beat that GPS with my ears. I've been doing it so long in the same location. I can outrun that GPS just because I know the layout of the land. I know how the dogs are running. I can hear them. I can, I can tell you where they're going. And Dylan, you've been hunting with us long enough. Now you're starting to pick up on it. Good. And I know, you know, you got that old school mentality of listening to the dogs. Um, it's real easy to get caught up. I'll, I'll catch myself sometimes now with, since I've got the alpha and stuff that I'll be looking at the GPS and trying to tell people where to go, where if I just stick my head <laughs> out the window, I can tell you a whole lot faster. Yeah. It, uh, when I first started hunting over there with y'all, it, uh, I was, I was famous for that. Hmm. And, uh, this past year, I've, I've caught myself. I'm like, all right, calm down, stick your head out the window, and look at the GPS and get it, get a kind of a, because I'm st- I'm still learning the lay of the land over there. I know a little bit of it, but right, uh, yeah, that's 
it's definitely something you got to memorize and it and takes do. a long time. Oh yeah, and then and then your excitement. I mean, right. especially if they're sure enough jamming one and you're trying to tell everybody else, "Hey, this is where they're going." And then you say something and a split second later they're going to do the complete opposite. <laughs> so right. I mean, <laughs> I mean they'll turn on you. you oh yeah, you got to you got to be patient and try to stay calm with that and it'll it'll work out in your favor cuz you never know it what they're going to do. You never know. And I think the coolest part about this sport that we do with the deer dogs is that it's it's such a team sport. It really is. It is. You know, I grew up playing sports my whole life. I was I played basketball a lot and then I played soccer throughout high school and um so on and so forth, but I love the team aspect of things. I always have. And there is, you know, we communicate back and forth on the CBs. We tell people, you know, for the listeners that don't know, the way kind of a, a brief overview on how a run goes and getting the stuff set up for us at least. And I know each club's different and there's a lot of different ways to do things, but a lot of times we all go to the uh, – go eat breakfast in the morning over at the hunting cabin and or either we meet up at a place we call the crossroads. It seems to be the most central location for everything. And everybody kind of meets up there and kind of bull crap a little around, a little bit around until daybreak. And somebody will speak up and like, Hey, you know, I, I saw one cross last night here or on the way over here this morning, there's one that crossed here or there's been a big buck on camera <clears throat> that we're after. And I'm, I'm guilty of that. I was, after this one big dude all year, never could get him up, <laughs> but we'll talk about it. And somebody will say, Hey, okay, I, my dogs are ready. My dogs are hot right now. Let's go turn loose right there. Well, like, uh, per, for example, uh, I'm going to turn my dogs loose at the end of the Jeff place. And after we, we, we figure out where we're turning loose, we would, everybody would go to a different spot. So if I'm turning loose, say at the end of the Jeff place, uh, Dylan, he's going to go towards the end of um, the first right-hand road. And Daniel, he's going to go to Warren's little field. And Dad, he's going to go to this spot. And uh, and Grizzly, he's going over here. And Shorty's going over here. And Rooster's going to this spot. We will surround that, that place and, and get everybody into good positions where our known crossings. So at that point, everybody's set. Everybody's ready to go. Daybreak's hit. That first chase is getting ready to hit the ground. The excitement's building. I'll go out there and I'll cast my hounds. Turn them loose. I'll walk my dogs, so I'm not going to be near the radio. I'll carry my little handheld radio with with me in case uh, I need to communicate. But a lot of times, you just, you're so far away from everybody, you can't. Anyway, going on in the woods – my dogs start trailing. Uh, Daniel hears it. Daniel gets on the radio. Hey, the dogs are trailing. They're starting to give a little mouth. They haven't quite jumped yet, but they're going towards the first right-hand road and the pushed-up stuff. And after they jump, you know, somebody holler, hey, they jump. They're going this way. They're going up towards Warren's Little Field, or they're going over towards the beehives or, or firebox and uh, blah, 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 blah. But it's it's not just – yourself doing this you cannot be selfish with this sport you have to okay 
if if Daniel's you know if Daniel's in the first right hand road and they go past him and he doesn't get a shot, he's got to understand that his chance has been missed, but he can still help somebody else get that deer and get and get in front of it and and get the kill and get the dogs what they deserve. They get that that trophy at the end, you know. And I think that's one of my favorite parts of the whole thing is the, the teamwork behind it. You know, it, you know, a lot of times your still hunters will go out there and almost every day it seems like they come back with, with something on the ground. You know, I, I hunted, shoot, they, uh, Dylan, what we hunted all, almost every weekend, all season, and then, you know, holidays and, and other yeah. days off the last whole week of the season. And I know, yeah. I, I think I got three. Mm, I think that's what I got was three. Yeah. So, you know, it's a lot of time and effort out there, but we got, I got three. He got three. Dad got, actually, I think dad had a dry season this year. Uh, you know, Stacey, yeah, he had a, yeah, yeah, he got the big old <laughs> he goose egg. Misfires yeah, going that's on this right, year. That's right. I told him he was getting old. He's starting to, he's starting to miss some. Mm-hmm. But, you know, my my cousin Stacy, she got, I think, four or five. And, uh, you know, Rooster, he got two or three. And, and this guy got three. You know, the whole club, we've probably killed, shoot, what, 50, 60 deer easily? This year. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say this year. We, we, we killed a decent amount this year. So I mean, for me, it's kind of it's really cool to see that team spec, team aspect. I mean, you know, what y'all y'all agree? Oh yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I, that's what I enjoy about a a club because that's that's what it is. It's it's team effort. You know, Daniel. And I mean, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead. No, I mean it's a it's just like if you if you dropped out in Jeff Place, right? And half of your pack went to Shorty's, half of your pack went to Warren's Little Field. Mm -hmm. The ones that went to Warren's Little Field kind of flanked down and come to me at the right-hand road, and there's only two in there, and they jump by the cell. I got a box full. I'm going to throw some more heat into them yeah. to give them more help. Yeah. I mean, that's – and then once there's enough in there running, then we can continue on or – Right. Or whatever we need to do to get that kill. Right. As a as a club. I know, Daniel, you kinda got a little bit of a taste of it last year with the you know, we we did a lot of bouncing around, but it seemed like almost every day we were able to try to get you in front of something. You know, I felt like that was really kinda oh, cool. Yeah. And that's that's something else I strive for is to try to put if you got a passenger, you know, you got somebody guest riding. I love trying to put somebody in front of you. You know, I, I, you know, kind of. What was your, what was your takeaway from getting that experience of being put in front of deer and having those dogs come to you? It was, it was different. It was different. Like I said, I come from more of the still hunting side, so you know, it was usually deer comes out, usually moving slower, not, you know, not nothing exciting. Just you got the time where this is <laughs> you got to make the shot you got to make the shot safely it was and that it goes back to that adrenaline was just insane something about them them, them, them leaves crunching real fast and bouncing you can hear them coming to you 
Yeah. It, oh, yeah. And like I said, just seeing the way that y'all handled and, you know, you knew when to let more dogs go, when to get them off the chase. Right. Right. You know, it, just seeing all that, it's definitely changed my mind a little bit. Right. And, you know, and, and I guess the moral of, of what we're trying to say here is, you know, the deer dog woods is, is, is a, a lot of times a first love for people. Um, when it comes to dog hunting, it's the easiest thing to carry somebody. It seems like to see, you know, everybody during uh, deer season is, is always eager to get out there and, and, and learn and try things. And, uh, but <clears throat> it's a lot to the deer dog side. Um, I hope we've kind of given you all a good example of what that is. And, um, and, and what it really takes to make this, make that happen. It's not just a, uh, turn them loose and everybody sit still kind of thing. It's a lot of teamwork. It's a lot of work involved as far as actually doing the hunting side of it and getting your dogs prepped and ready. Uh, for for the season and keeping them alive and you know keeping them healthy um so i, I hope we did a good example can y'all think of anything else guys that we haven't really touched base on but i'm pretty sure that's a good little notch in it yeah that takes a good chunk out of it there yeah um, again yeah. Uh, you know uh like we say every week we'd love to hear some feedback if y'all have something to add to it we have a facebook page now y'all listening to haven't found us on there uh check us out on facebook the hound's tail podcast uh shoot less than a week and we have 200 followers on there so that's that's awesome we tripped 200 today i don't know if y'all saw that or not guys but we tripped 200 wow, yeah. nice yeah so that's that's all awesome. we uh we got our logo uh, made up and, and that's the, the profile picture. You know, if we keep getting bigger and bigger and people want some, but we might work some stickers in and make some stickers and, um, and, and, and be able to bring those to y'all. But we cannot thank everybody enough from the bottom of our heart, guys. Thank y'all, everybody. Thank y'all. Um, we're going to work on trying to find more ways to be more involved in, uh, preserving our, our heritage and preserving the dog hunting world. And, um, we, we've sent off our check to the NCWPA, uh, the North Carolina wildlife pen association. Uh, you know, we're doing this out of our pockets right now. So we've sent it off from the Houndstail podcast, Bill and Lisa, I hope y'all get that here pretty soon. I believe y'all are the ones that's coming to hundred percent. So, um, we're, we're trying to find more ways to do things and we're going to do better as a group of, of doing more what we can. Um, also on a quick note, talking about the NCWPA April 14th at five 30 at Wilbur's barbecue in Goldsboro NC is their next meeting. Um, if you're part of that organization and can get there, try to get there and, and be a part of that. Um, I believe that's going to be another big one from my understanding. Um, but again, hit us up on Facebook, send us a message, feel free to communicate with us. We love hearing feedback. We love, uh, 
we love hearing different ideas to talk about. You know, it's uh, it's something that we want to be able to do and bring to y'all every week as, as much as possible. So whatever y'all can feed into us, the more, the better. Um, it depends out there. If y'all are listening, if y'all want your results uh, brought to you more or brought to the people more, or if you want uh, pony hunts presented and, and broadcasting, hit us up and we'll free, we'll be free to chat and, and see what we can work out with everybody. So um, on that note, let's move into the hunts and results. Uh, we did a poll on the Facebook page and I was kind of surprised. Uh, the, the hunts and results being continued actually won the vote by landslide. So until if somebody, until we get told different, we're going to keep on bringing it to y'all and, uh, and I hope y'all enjoy it, and we'll try to do better with that as much as we can. Uh, starting off, the Sandy Ridge Fox Preserve had a two-class uh, puppy hunt, I believe it was. Took 960 points in each class to win. Your uh, odd-number class was won by Hammer Time Boone. That dog is out of Belly Up Cutlass and Belly Up Purdy from Hammer Time Kennels. JT's Oil Slick was your second-place dog. The owner of that dog is John Etheridge. Reba was your third place hound out of uh, the owner of Jeremiah, Jeremiah Clanson. Your even number group. Uh, Lake Road Kennels put a hurting on down there, it looks like. They took the top three spots in the even number class. JC Smokey out of Redwoods Monster Boy and Croton Sabrina out of Lake Road Kennels was your winner. JC's Ivory from Lake Road Kennels was second. And third place was Lake Road Snowflake from Lake Road Kennels. Congratulations on a good day down there, buddy. JJ's Fox Preserve took 1,935 points to win this hunt. Bedrock's Charger out of Jessica's Revenge and Bedrock's Athena out of Bedrock Kennels was the winner. Bedrock's Mocha at a Bedrock Kennels was second place. And third place was Hunter's Lily at a Big Swamp Kennels. Bay City had a puppy hunt this weekend. It took 396 points to win. Betty was the dog's name that took the win down there. And the dog's out of Blanton's Dozer and Little Man's Arizona down in Dirty Kennels. Second place goes to Gold Dust, and the owner of that dog is Lee Holton. Third place was Horner's Flash at a Salty Dog Kennel. J&J had a puppy hunt. It took 1,188, excuse me, 1,180 points to win. Hotline Swiss Roll out of Dirt Road Thunder and Cabral's Queenie from Hotline Kennels was your winner down there. Dylan, this one, this one you'll like. Uh, second place was Ghost out of White Top Kennel. Sounds like they go on some kind of uh, same kind of kick you were. Yeah, I kinda, <laughs> my white dogs, I have one solid white dog left, <laughs> so I, I need to work on that. Yeah, we might have to change you up or something. But uh, your third place dog at J&J was a dog called Big Gangsta out of A&M and Powerhouse Kennels. That's the, that's the guys we got to talk to the other week at, uh, at Pools down there. That one that, uh, one, he, he won at Tar River a few weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, that's right. 
Taylor Jens had a puppy hunt. It took 770 points to win. A dog named Siri was your winner down there. And that dog is out of Ray's Willie. And oh my, GWI is Ashley. Sorry, my handwriting got a little sloppy there. Let him bump kennels is the kennel owner of that dog. Second place, dog named Green. The owner is Carrington Jones. Third place is a dog named Felon. And that dog is out of Turnip Seed and Speed Kennels. The Danny Garden Benefit Hunt at Tally Ho Fox Preserve was happened this weekend also. Hester Boys Deacon is your winner. That dog's out of Southern Preacher and Southern Heat and Hester Boys Kennels. Hester Boys also took second with Hester Boys Hot. And I'm going to try to get this name right, guys, and I'm sorry if I murder it. Blaylock's Hulk was your third place dog out of Eric and Buck Blaylock. I've been hearing, uh, we've been doing this a few weeks. That, that Siri dog keeps, uh-huh. keeps popping up a whole lot. Yeah, I've noticed. Y'all noticed that? I've noticed that one. I've noticed that one. That's mm-hmm. the second or third time I've heard that green dog, too. Yeah. Um, last hunt I got from the weekend. I'm sorry if I missed any. Um, I know I missed some of the the bigger three day master hunts. Uh, I kind of ran out of time on writing some stuff down, so I do apologize for that, guys. Some of the Midwest hunts that were going on, and um, I need to get better about taking my notes during the week. So I do apologize, and uh, we'll keep trying to do better for these. But uh, the last hunt I got, as far as results go, the the courthouse hunt club had their derby and all-age hunt at pools this weekend. The derby took 225 points to win. And Jinx's Dozer had a champion P&J Dallas and Hammers High Falutin. Jinx and you kennels. That was your winner down there. Jinx and you've been having a heck of a year down at, at pools this year, ain't They are rocking this year. <laughs> rocking. Yeah. Congrats to y'all and much respect. Y'all, y'all got it figured out down there. So we'll, hopefully we'll catch up to y'all one day. <laughs> uh, Cedar Creek's 10 was your second place hound out of Cedar Creek Kennels and Outfront Fancy was third and she's out of Outfront Kennels the all age took 195 points to win Drake's Pretty Girl was your winner down there uh, Butler's Front Row and B&C's Black Pearl was your parents on that dog out of Up and Running Kennels his and her bruiser out of his and her kennels was second. And third place goes to your Southeastern field champion, old school Susie Q from old school kennels. <laughs> the uh, the hunt's coming up. Uh, let's see. We got the Sandy Ridge Fox Preserves having a church benefit hunt, uh, puppy hunt on April 24th. The Piedmont Training Preserve has having a guys versus gals hunt. It's all age speed and drive on April 24th. That one sounds pretty fun. Oh, yeah. Uh, Bushy Tail Fox Preserves having a puppy hunt on April the 11th. The Big Rock Masters Derby at Keski's Training Preserve is a two-day derby hunt on April the 2nd through the 3rd. Bay Bush is having a main under hunt on April the 24th. Uh, the Brian Boykin uh, Benefit Hunt, April 10th, the 95 Fox Run. That's a pup and derby hunt. Y'all are close to there, and it looks like that's going to be a good one to beat, too. And uh, looks like it's going to a pretty good calls, too. 
the American Le- Legacy Field Trial Event Show. Uh, this is in Mississippi, I believe, if I'm getting my initials right. It's on May 28th through the 30th. The Forks of the River Hunt at TNS is on April the 3rd. The Grassy Branch Fox Preserve having a two-class puppy hunt on April the 17th. Pools coming up the United Eastern one day, April 10th. I know Dylan's going down, and I'm I'm half tempted to send some dogs with him. Um, I got some other prior obligations to be at that day, so uh, get them prepped and ready because the hundredth year of the Maryland State is April the 16th through the 18th in three day. I will be at that, and I know my buddy Dennis Scott's going to be there. Uh, taking a couple of uh, Dylan's dogs down there, and I uh, can't wait to. I know it's going to be my first full-on three-day for all three days, so I'm pretty excited. Uh, we got to do the Derby thing last year, and didn't we come up a little short on that? Uh, so we're uh, we're pretty excited to be down there and, and see what we can do. See if we can hang with some of you big hitters and, and uh, just go down there and kind kind of meet everybody and have a good time. Uh, last but not least, Tar River Fox Preserve. The Southern Classic is this weekend, April the 1st through the 4th. And then the next hunt they have is also another three days, the West Virginia three-day, and that's April 29th through May 2nd. Guys, that's everything I got wrote down. Um, I know I've missed hunts, and I know I've missed results, and I do apologize for that, and I'm going to work on trying to get into a little bit better of a rhythm and, uh, and, and getting that straight for y'all and doing a better job. I, I kind of had the impression that, you know, a lot of people would, didn't really listen to the hunts and results, but it's kind of neat to hear that uh, people actually do listen to it. So thank you all for listening. Uh, it's a lot of, it's, I do a lot of writing down when I look at those results. <laughs> so it's, it's nice <laughs> to know that it's worth the effort and people are listening. So, um, that's right. You know, let me guys, can y'all think of anything else that we might've missed? Not that I can think of. Uh, yeah, not that I'm, not uh, that I know of. Again, I, I thank everybody for for their uh, continued support in this. This is a this is a new thing for us too. You know, uh, we wanted to bring something to to y'all that we can uh, keep everybody informed and keep everybody uh, involved in in the in the dog hunting world. So. It's a learning process for us, so we appreciate everybody's patience. And, again, feedback is much, much needed and much appreciated. So we, we can we can take a hit. If we suck, just tell us we suck and tell us where we can improve it. So <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All we can do is get better, hopefully. That's right. All right. All right, guys, before we go then, give my shout-outs, speeddogs.net, Speed Dogs Hunting Results page on Facebook. Also, Get a lot of these hunts and results from poolsfoxpreserve.com and tarriverpreserve.weebly.com. Y'all check them out. Go online. Go visit. Uh, if you're not a member in Virginia, bahda.org, or the, the Virginia Hunting Dog Alliance. Uh, also, the if you're in Central Virginia, around the Lynchburg, Appomattox, Rustburg, all that kind of area, Concord area, check out my friends at Chestnut Mountain Feed Company. They're my, they're everybody here that's their sole provider for dog feed and hunting supplies as much as we can get from them. So uh, we can't thank them enough for everything that they do. 
again for us and uh, want to continue to show support for them. So if y'all need dog food and a good place to go get it, go check them out. Chestnut Mountain Feed Company. And like we said before, we have a Facebook page now. It's a little easy to communicate through Facebook. If you don't, you can email us at the Hounds Tales Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, and last but not least, got to give our big uh, shout out to Anchor for the great app that we use to provide this podcast for y'all. They distribute all their stuff to Spotify, Pocket Cast, Google Podcast, Radio Public, and on Breaker. So if you need other places and other places that you normally pull your podcast from, any of those, we're on it. Uh, and I believe that's it, fellas. So, yeah, I believe that's yeah. it. So another good one down. Enjoyed it. And uh, next time we see y'all, it'll be after Easter. So good luck to everybody at the three-day at Tar River this weekend. Uh, wish we could be there. Just got – I haven't broke myself to being able to do it on the holidays yet, especially on Easter. So everybody, good luck down there. And any other hunts, good luck before we see y'all. Thank y'all all again so much for your support and so much for listening. And happy hunting, guys. Take care.